Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Embrace. My name is uh, my name is Laban, the worship leader here. I invite you to stand, and we're gonna sing some songs together. This first song, this is a this is an old one. I've always I've always liked, but it's a it's a simple one. Open the eyes of my heart, and uh, yeah, I don't know if maybe you've seen God working in your life this week. Maybe you don't feel like you have. I'd say either way, let's uh, let's welcome the Spirit into our presence this morning. Their eyes would be open to see the way that God is working and uh, the way we can work in our day-to-day lives. Open the eyes of my heart.
you unravel me with a melody and you surround me with the song of deliverance from my enemies until all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave to fear child of God and I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God from my mother's womb have chosen me, love has called my name, and I've been born again into your family, your blood flows through. from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, 
Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast.
Lord of heaven and earth. Sing that again. Sing. Lord of heaven and earth. Lord of heaven and earth. I can say amen for that. This has been a beautiful set this morning, hasn't it? Kicking it old school, reminding us of God and where he comes from. Um, you can have a seat for just a moment. So I want to welcome those that are new to us. I am Tanya Torp. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and we are so glad that you are with us today. I also want to welcome my, my online crew. So if you all see me with my cell phone back there, uh, I'm not on TikTok or Netflix or whatever. I'm actually talking to the people online that follow us, and uh, always glad to have that online community with us. Um, so many of us have had some sort of week, right? Uh, I see it coming in when people walk in. I'm seeing some of it on your faces. Or maybe you're like me this morning and you did not get your coffee at home. And you came in and this is the first coffee you got. I just want to welcome you. I'm going to pray for us in just a few moments. But we're about to enter into my very favorite part. It is not the very favorite part for some of you. But I love that we get to share together to talk about our gratitudes and our laments. It's something here at Embrace that we have done for a very long time to not only lift up all of the good things that are happening in our lives, but also the laments, the things that we wish were not happening, the things that are going around the world that are hard. We talk about the hard stuff here in this congregation. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to talk to someone that is near you. Don't like run all over the congregation, but uh, talk to somebody that is near you and share your gratitudes and your laments. Now, for some of you, you just clenched up because you're like, I don't like talking to people. It's not my thing. Uh, social anxiety is a real thing, so I'm going to invite you to first say your name uh, and introduce yourself to the person, and then they should be making you feel pretty welcome. Then you will share your gratitude and laments with one another. Those of you that are online, would you please share those in the comments? So find somebody near you and share your gratitudes and your laments.
Okay, I'm going to give you all about 40 more seconds. About 40 more seconds. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, in order to make our online community feel like they are at home with us and all of this loudness and wonderfulness that's happening, um, we're going to read some. I'm going to read some of the ones that are online right now. So, Jessica Young says, I am grateful for being able to spend quality time with my family and give my daughter experiences I never had as a child. And she's also lamenting health issues that the doctors don't seem to have answers, which cause lots of anxiety. We are with you, Jessica, and we'll be lifting you in prayer. It is so difficult when doctors cannot find out what is wrong with you, and it does cause a lot of anxiety. So thank you so much for being able to share. Miss Sonda, who many of you know, who has that beautiful garden up the street, says, so glad to enjoy another beautiful Sunday morning and also watching the space station fly by our neighborhood this morning. So thank you so much, Miss Sonda, for sharing. Uh, it's always great to have you and Mr. Tim be a part of everything that we do. Uh, I also want to lift up uh, a gratitude and a lament. I am grateful for the educators that are in the room, that are part of our co uh, community, that are so amazing. So I'm the gratitude for you as you prepare for another year, another school year, as us parents are also preparing. Um, <laughs> We're we ready to send them back to you. Um, but also, <laughs> the, the lament, amen, <laughs> I gotta testify over here. But also the lament for the last couple of years that you all have experienced. It's been really hard in the classroom. So I know that our prayer team is going to continue to be lifting you up. So that's a lament that I have this morning. I wanna pray for us before John comes up and does some announcements with us. So if you'll join me in prayer, Father, thank you for an incredible day full of just liveliness and love in this room, for our worship team and those in the back that are making us all look pretty good. Um, God, I know that people are carrying things as they've come in. Um, it's been a hard week for some people. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would meet them exactly where they are. And Lord, I thank you for those that are new to this congregation, that are trying to figure it all out and figure out where they fit. God, that they would just rest in you as they determine where it is that they should be and how they should serve. I just pray, God, that you would um, remind them that they are right where you have placed them at this moment in time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Tanya. Well, good morning. My name is John, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I just want to say welcome to you. I know that some of you are likely visiting for the first time, and I know some of you I've met in passing here and there that maybe come a couple of times, and just want to say welcome to you and just also extend the offer that if you ever want to meet to talk more about our church or just get to know one another better, I'd love to do that. I know Pastor Tanya would be happy to do that as well. Um, Pastor Christina would also, um, and just a quick update, you may be wondering where Pastor Christina has been because you have not seen her for a few weeks. Um, I keep forgetting to tell you all that she has been on a sabbatical uh, for the last few weeks. Um, Christina's been working here for many years now, and uh, you know, it was time to just take a little bit of a break to breathe and to rest, and 
One wonderful thing about our church is that our leadership gives all of us pastors the opportunity, um, really all the staff, the opportunity to take a break and to rest when we need to. And I know I've had opportunities to take sabbaticals, and I'm really grateful Christina has had that opportunity. She'll be back next Sunday, um, but continue to pray for her as she finishes that out, um, that she would just come back refreshed and renewed um, and excited for this next season of ministry. Um, when you come in the church, there's an announcement sheet on the table um, at either door when you enter. I encourage you all to grab those and just read through them. In your pews, you have Connect Cards. Love when you all fill these out. If you fill one of these out, you can put it in one of the boxes by the door, um, or you can hand it to me if you would like. Um, but those are always great if you have anything you'd like to update us on. And then there are also giving envelopes in your uh, pews as well. If you'd like to give and support our ministry at the church financially, then you're invited to do that. Um, you can do that with those envelopes, and you can put those in the box by either door. You can also give online at our website at embraceyourcity.com give. Finally, um, I just want to highlight a couple of quick announcements. Um, the first one is that we're not going to be having Wonder Room in August. Wonder Room is our children's ministry that we do at the church that is pretty much exclusively volunteer run. Uh, Christina provides some overarching leadership for that, but the people who are up there, volunteers who are giving time to do that. And so in August, we take some time to give our volunteers a break and also to train and prepare uh, for the new school year. And so we're really grateful to be able to provide it during the summer for the first time, for June and July. Um, but when August hits, we'll take a break from Wonder Room. But you're more than welcome to bring your kids to church, have them here in the sanctuary. Um, it's okay if it's a little chaotic at times. We love it. That's, that, that shows that there's life here in this community. We love having our children here. There are packets in the back um, that your kids can take with them to the pews, or you can sit in the back with them. They can work on those during our service. Um, but they're more than welcome to be here. We will have our nursery continue on through August as usual. And then finally, um, we do still need a couple more tech team volunteers. And so if you're willing to serve on our tech team, it's basically that you would either run uh, the computer that does like our presentation stuff up here. Um, it's really not that complicated. You just have to stay focused and, and be paying attention. Um, but that's the biggest requirement for that one. And then we also have folks who run our video, our live stream, Basically, just push, pushing buttons to make the camera go to where it needs to go. It's very easy. Um, it doesn't take any special tech skills to do it. I can train you on it, but we would love to have a couple more folks sign up. We've had a couple of people from last week that did sign up, and so thank you for doing that. Um, but we could use probably at least uh, two more would be great. That are, those are all the announcements I have for this morning. So what I'm going to do now is dismiss our children for their time of learning in the Wonder Room. So... Let's give our kids a hand as they come up. If you are a child, four years old through fifth grade, all right, um, you are invited to join the other kids for their time of learning upstairs in the Wonder Room. Looks like we have a great crew today. Pray for our leaders up there. Um, but they are going to have a great time. Um, if you are a parent and want to walk with them upstairs, you're invited to do that. You're welcome to do that too. Um, but we are excited for their time of learning they'll have. I'm going to turn it over to our band, and they're going to lead us in another song before I share uh, a word with you.
Amen. Laban told me he was doing a drum circle this morning, and I was like, man, that, that sounds fun. Uh, I was a little curious at how it would turn out, and it turned out great. So uh, we've got some people who've got some rhythm in this church, which I don't have all that much rhythm, so it's cool that we have some uh, who can bang on those drums. But yeah, it's great to be here together with you all today. Um, special treat, my friends Justin and Rachel Berenger in town visiting, and their kids just went upstairs, but uh, didn't know they were going to be here, so that's great. Um, found that out a couple days ago, so it's good to have them. Um, if you remember, Justin preached uh, with us just a, a few weeks back um, and got a job in uh, Little Rock, right, um, at a church there. And so I was disappointed he didn't move to Lexington, but also happy that they uh, found it sounds like the perfect fit um, down in Arkansas. And so uh, if it doesn't work out, you can always come to Lexington. Uh, we'll, we'll love you here. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to say a prayer for us, and then I'm just going to share a, a word with us for today. God, we thank you so much for your love, for your grace, for your goodness. We thank you for the way that the music this morning has reminded us um, so many important things. We've been reminded this morning that, that God, we, if we open our hearts and our eyes and, and really seek to find you, that we will, that we can see you, that you are among us that you want us to know you. We've been reminded that we are your children, that we've been brought and adopted into your family, and that we have a good, good parent who loves us desperately. We've been reminded of your majesty and your power and how wonderful and great and big and mighty you are, Lord. We, we think of these uh, images of that, that we saw of, of the universe that these telescopes were finding for us and all this. And, and God, we're just reminded this past week of how big and how mighty and how powerful, Lord, you are. And, and God, we just want to praise your name today. And God, we also thank you that, that you are God who can bring good things even out of broken situations, that you never stop working, that you are actively involved in this world, moving and working and seeking to bring all things together for the good. Um, Lord, we uh, ask that you would work this morning, that you would work in our hearts, that we would have great expectations for what you might do in us and through us today. God, I thank you for this rhythm that we have every week to come together and be reminded of who we are, who we belong to, be reminded, Lord, of the, the deep truths of, of your way and your gospel and your kingdom, and, and what all this means for us. Lord, we pray that your words and, and your truth would shine through, um, and that, Lord, we could come away from here feeling closer to you, feeling more inspired and more empowered, and more committed, Lord, to the way that you have called us to follow. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said together, amen. So, um, we're continuing on in the series we've been in for the entire year, uh, looking at the life of Jesus, studying in the Gospel of Luke mainly. We took a slight detour into the Gospel of John uh, for a little while during the season of Easter, but we're back in Luke, and we're spending the whole year with Jesus, digging into His words and His teaching and His example. And so far, I've learned a lot, and I've really been challenged a lot this year, because I find if I continue to measure myself against Jesus and His witness, I'm never going to stop growing I'm never going to stop seeking uh, to be better uh, because Jesus 
um, gives me a model to follow and an example that, that I want to continue to press into and go deeper into. And so today we're going to be looking at a fairly well-known piece of scripture from the Gospel of Luke. And it is a beloved text by some. And as I've learned over the last week, it's actually kind of hated by some people, actually. Um, and I want to be clear up front that this story, as I've studied it, it's a bit problematic and has been for people um, throughout history. Traditionally, this passage that we're going to look at has been interpreted in, I would say, very simplistic and fairly unhelpful ways at times, sometimes even hurtful ways. So today we're going to dig into it. We're going to try to dig into it and really uh, seek to get to the essential message that we find in these verses. And so my hope is to shed some new light, maybe on this well-known story in the life of Jesus. Let me read our text for us. It comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and the words will be behind me on the screen. I'm going to read from it as well because I do not have a Bible up here with me. So, Luke chapter 10, this is right after the Good Samaritan story that Tanya talked about last week, all right? So these stories actually fit really well together, and we're going to talk about that in a little while. So as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. It's from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Y'all probably heard this story before, many of you. Um, I was reading about this story, and I, I found a woman online who shared these thoughts about this passage, which I think really hit the nail on the head for some. She said, this story lives in a quiet infamy, for I don't even know how long it's been preached the same way. Martha was the busy one. Mary was the quiet one. Martha was too busy to have a relationship with Jesus, and Mary, through her meekness and listening, did the right thing. And shouldn't you be a Mary too? Why, yes, you should. Hashtag all the guilt. I've, I've learned recently that for women in particular, this passage has often been difficult for them because all too often women have been told that they either are a Martha or they're a Mary, the active woman or the meek woman. And I'm not here to suggest that anyone should be a Martha or a Mary. Really, only Martha can be Martha and only Mary can be Mary. These are complex, unique Wonderful individuals that we read about in Scripture. I think all too, all too often we read the Bible and want to take these, these humans, like we are, complicated individuals, and put them into a category. Say, this is this type of person. You're either this person or you're this person. And I think that actually doesn't do a lot of good. These are incredible women, and they had an incredible encounter with Jesus. And from their encounter with Jesus, I think all of us, women and men, can learn about what it means to be a disciple. There's not going to be any Team Martha or Team Mary today. You may connect more with Martha. You may connect more with Mary, and that is okay, because both of these women have wonderful stories, and really both of them were powerful leaders in the Jesus movement. 
And so I want to dig into these verses, and I'm going to do a little bit of just breaking it down verse by verse this morning. I don't do this often, but um, for this one, there's just so much there that I want to unpack that I think it would help if we just go through each of these verses, and there's not many of them. And so hopefully some things will jump out to you, jot them down. If they do, reflect on them this week. So let's start at verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, just in this verse, there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot that we can unpack. First, I love that it says Jesus and his disciples were on their way. We've talked about this many times, but the life of faith is a journey. It is walking with Jesus. It is active. It is movement. It's about mission and purpose. These folks were not stagnant. They didn't just sit around. They were moving. They were actively engaged in ministry and mission. Now remember in chapter 9, we read this crucial verse in verse 51 where it says, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. This marks a shift in Luke where now they're beginning their journey toward Jerusalem. It's a bit haphazard how they get there. They go get close to Jerusalem, then they go away from Jerusalem, but eventually they do find their way there. Now keep in mind, Jerusalem was the place of power in their land. This was the place where Jesus would meet his awful fate, where he would finally be found and arrested. He would be put through an unjust trial, convicted to execution by crucifixion on the cross. There is danger on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus was a hunted man. Herod Antipas was after him. He wanted him killed. Perhaps they moved around so much because they wanted to avoid getting caught and they couldn't stay in one place for too long. So they finally came to a village where a woman named Martha lived. Now, we learn from the Gospel of John that Martha lived in the town of Bethany. Now, they actually had gotten pretty close to Jerusalem at that point because Bethany is just a few miles away from Jerusalem. You can see Bethany from Jerusalem. And I'll just remind you today, there's actually a big wall that separates Jerusalem from Bethany. This wall that doesn't allow people in the West Bank to actually travel to Jerusalem. So, you know, if Jesus was traveling today, he actually might not be able to make it to Jerusalem because of this. So Bethany is where Martha lived. Jesus had instructed his 72 followers to go out in pairs, and he sent them out to go into the villages, heal, spread the gospel, and he said, I want you to find people of peace in every village, and, and if they're people of peace, I want you to go into their homes, stay with them, eat their food. You know, they'll minister to you, you minister to them. It'll be a beautiful thing. And so Martha was one of these very people that was a woman of peace who welcomed Jesus and his followers into her home in that moment. Now, a few things about Martha. Martha owned this house, which is pretty significant and fairly rare in the ancient Near East. The oldest male in the home would usually be listed as the owner of a home. So it's a bit odd that Martha owned a home and is listed as an owner of this house. She's kind of already kind of going against the grain, a different kind of woman than a lot of people that, that were living then. Martha probably had some wealth as well. She owned a house. She had enough space for Jesus and his followers. We learned from the Gospel of John that uh, Martha had a brother as well named Lazarus. Y'all probably remember the story of Lazarus. He, was, he rose from the dead. Jesus raised him up. Now, Lazarus was Martha's brother. And, it, and we read when Lazarus died, they buried him in a cave 
on Martha's property and were able to roll a big stone in front of the cave. And so you think if they had a burial cave on their property, they probably had some resources. Martha was also well known. When Lazarus died, we read that many people from Jerusalem traveled to the small town of Bethany from the big city to be there with Martha, to mourn with her, to comfort her. And so Martha was connected to people. She was well-loved. Martha was also a very courageous woman, I would say. Martha was willing to host Jesus and his disciples in her home, knowing that Jesus was a marked man, that the authorities were after him. This would have put her and anybody in her home, particularly, potentially even in her village, all these folks, in great danger because of the hospitality that she was willing to offer Jesus and his followers. She was a courageous woman. Now Martha, verse 39 says, has a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now Martha's sister was a woman named Mary. And so now we know that there's Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. They're all three siblings. We know in the Gospels that Jesus was very close to these three siblings. He was close to this family. He had some very close, just um, beautiful moments with them and many different stories throughout the Gospel. These were good friends of his, people who really supported him and his movement. Mary was the same woman who poured the expensive perfume that was a whole year's worth of wages on Jesus' feet. Another sign that maybe they had some resources that they were able to put towards the Jesus movement. The text tells us that Mary sat at the Lord's feet. Now, I remember sermons about this passage from my uh, childhood that, that kind of depict Martha as the busy one in the kitchen you know, maybe fluffing pillows, sweeping the floor, doing all the home duties. And then Mary's just sitting cross-legged on the floor doing Bible study with Jesus. Sitting with Jesus at his feet was not like doing Bible study like we often think of it. That phrase is used to describe a disciple of a rabbi or a disciple of a teacher. Mary took the position of a disciple, learning from Jesus, listening to Jesus, for the purpose of becoming like Jesus. Mary was training to be a disciple. She was not just doing some Bible study or just passively listening. This was very active. She was wanting to learn from Jesus, how to be like him, how to be a disciple. And Jesus invited her to sit at that place as his disciple. Many scholars point out that, that Mary taking the position at the feet of a teacher was really a, a pretty radical thing for her to do. Often that was reserved for men, many scholars point out. Women would rarely be found at the feet of the teacher. They would often be behind the scenes having to do all the behind-the-scene work while the men sat at the feet of the teacher. And so Mary was willing to take that bold step to say, hey, I want to be your disciple, and I'm going to sit in the place that the men do. And Jesus welcomed her to sit at that position as well. This would have been a very dangerous thing for her to do, joining up with this Jesus movement, following this radical traveling rabbi who had the authorities looking for him, wanting to kill him. Mary was bold, and she desired to follow Christ, regardless of where it led her. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So while Mary was at the feet of Jesus, learning about his way, 
being trained up as a disciple, Martha was distracted. Or other translations read that she was worried. She was upset, busy, stressed. We understand what that's like, right? To be distracted, worried, upset, busy, stressed. She was stressed and distracted and anxious about all the preparations that had to be made, the text tells us. Now, most have assumed that Martha was in the kitchen, cooking, preparing food. But the text, keep in mind, does not say that she was in the kitchen preparing food. People perhaps have assumed she was in the kitchen because that's often where women are expected to be, both then and now. And of course, hospitality in the ancient Near East would have involved food for sure. However, I agree with Warren Carter who argues that we need to get Martha out of the kitchen. The word in Greek uh, that is translated preparations is a Greek word. I don't often get into the Greek, but this is pretty fascinating. It's a word, diakonia is the Greek word. Now you may recognize it's similar to a word that we often use in in churchy circles uh, called deacon. The English word deacon comes from this Greek word. And today a deacon is, is a leader in the church who is committed to serving the community and providing leadership for a congregation. That particular word in the early Christian community would have also meant something very similar to this. In Acts, we see this word diakonia used eight different times, and it always refers to providing leadership and service within the Christian community. And keep in mind, the same author wrote Luke and Acts. Diakonia is less about cooking, and it's more about ministry. I would argue that a more accurate translation of Martha's struggle would be, but Martha was distracted by much ministry. I do not believe that Martha was distracted just by simple task of making food or fluffing pillows or sweeping the floor. These tasks are important and they can be ministry. And people who do those jobs are just as important as anyone else. However, I think we need to elevate Martha because she had a much bigger role within the early church and the Christian community than just those kinds of things. We need to have a more accurate understanding of what Martha was so stressed out about. We've often portrayed Martha as just being stressed out about trivial things that don't really matter, and we just need to focus on Jesus and the important stuff, right? No, Martha was stressed about things that were really important. She was a leader in the Jesus movement, providing much-needed ministry to the community. She was doing very important and critical work to sustain the movement that Jesus was leading. Think of her more as an organizer than a housemaid. It makes sense to me why she would want help, right? When Jesus sent out his followers, he sent them out in twos. Because ministry is meant to be done in partnership, not as some solo initiative where we go out on our own. And so Martha wanted her sister, her partner, to help her out because there was a lot to be done. It makes sense why she was a little frustrated that Mary wasn't helping in that moment. Another thing to point out, Martha doesn't deal with it in the most healthy way. She tries to triangulate the situation. Have you ever done that before? you got family members who do that. You know, it's like, it's like instead of going to the person you have the problem with, you go to somebody else, and you're like, can you go talk to them, please? And then it creates this unhealthy triangle. Those are not very good to do. This is what she was doing. She went to Jesus to try to talk to Mary and get Mary to do what Martha wanted Mary to do. Just a side note, not a healthy way to deal with conflict. <laughs> Verse 41 and part of 42, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, 
You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. You know, I I hear compassion and understanding and some correction when Jesus says Martha's name twice. It's like, Martha, Martha. He acknowledged and affirmed and, and validated that she was upset and she was worried about so much. Remember, Martha was upset about things that were important, even good things she was upset and stressed about. Yet Jesus reminds her, I think in this moment, what is most important for her right then and there. He says that really only one thing matters in the grand scheme of things. And he closes by saying, Mary has chosen what is better, and it's not going to be taken away from her. That translation, what is better, makes us think that Jesus is maybe comparing Mary and Martha and telling people to be like Mary. And and the text really doesn't say that in the original language. In my opinion, it's more like Mary has chosen something good. Mary has chosen a good thing in this moment, and Martha, it would be good if you paid attention to that. She's chosen what is good, what is important right now in this moment. Essentially, Mary had chosen to spend time with Jesus, to learn from him, to focus her attention on him. We also could think about the urgency of this moment. Keep in mind, he's on his way to Jerusalem. Things are getting bad. He's not going to be with them much longer. Mary had chosen what was important and needed in that moment to focus her attention on Jesus who was in her home. Martha was distracted by many good things. She was organizing and supporting the Jesus movement, likely through her connections and her wealth and her leadership and her hospitality and her skills. But in that moment, Martha was consumed in her ministry, and she became very self-focused, even resentful, and ultimately, it seems, in that moment, lost sight of the most important part of the Jesus movement, Jesus himself, right? You know, this story isn't really about Martha's actions. It's not about that she was doing things she shouldn't have been doing. It's not about who's better, Mary or Martha. To me, it's really about priorities. And we understand this. Our priorities get out of whack all the time. We know what it's like to get distracted and worried and stressed about all the important and good things that we have in our lives. Our tasks, our relationships, our events, our obligations, our appointments, our careers, our families. For me, my church and the ministry I have to do is good stuff. But it can become a hindrance sometimes for us. We understand that stress all too well because we know that it's all too easy to lose focus and to get our priorities out of whack. I like how uh, Caroline Lewis puts it. She says, now is the time to set aside duty and just sit beside Jesus. Now is the time to postpone maybe what you have to do and take time for what you want to do. Now is the time to reschedule some items on your to-do list and reprioritize. I'll give you a practical example from my own life. On Tuesday of just this past week, um, Laura and I came home from work and Laura's got this like spidey sense into like how I'm doing, you know, and, and it's good sometimes, sometimes it's really annoying, um, but uh, it's, it's great, she, she knows things, you know, and so I always try to pretend like I'm fine when I'm not, you know, and she's like, could tell that I wasn't fully present, I wasn't really there, I was being kind of short, I was not being very kind or very warm, and, and she knew something was off, and so we talked and I told her about all the things I was stressed about building issues at the church, foster care uncertainty, too much ministry, too little time, too much busyness. And it hit me later that night 
that I have something in common with Martha. I easily, all too easily, become distracted and worried about much ministry. And I hear Jesus saying to me this week as I've been preparing, John, John, you were worried and distracted by many things. Many good things even. But right now, maybe, maybe the thing that you need to do that would be better for you right now is to refocus, to step back, and just spend some time at my feet. You know, last week, Tanya challenged us through the story of the Good Samaritan. She challenged us to take loving action. That we can't just stay at Jesus' feet, right? We can't just sit there at Jesus' feet. We got to get up and do something sometime. We got to act. We got to love. We've got to reach out. This week, our story reminds us that action is not everything. That sometimes our good work, our obligations, our busyness distracts us from the most important thing just spending time with Jesus at his feet. I imagine many of you, if not every single one in this room, is distracted and worried by many things right now. And I want to ask, are you taking time to spend at Jesus' feet, to spend time with him, to learn from him, to connect with him? So I want to take just a moment for y'all just to think and reflect. If you want to jot down some ideas on your phone or on the piece of paper there, you can do it. But a few questions. What, what, what is distracting you this morning? What's distracting you? What's worrying you this morning? What is taking your time and your energy right now in your life? And I imagine many of these things are really good things. You know, for me, I think that my foster care journey and parenting and all that is just taking so much of my energy and my time and my focus. This church uh, takes a lot of that from me as well. But what is distracting you? What is worrying you this morning? Perhaps they're really good things, but what are they? And then I think the question to go a little bit deeper is to ask, where does Jesus fit into all that? Are you taking the time that is necessary to spend with Jesus in prayer, in study, in conversation, in worship? Another question, do you, do you need a break? Maybe Martha just needed a break. Jesus is like, look, just come, sit at my feet, take a break from all the good things that you're doing for us. Do you need a break? What is God saying to your heart this morning? You pray with me. God, we need you desperately. And we come to you today and we just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to see ourselves clearly, that we could look at ourselves honestly, that we could use this story as a mirror, maybe even an uncomfortable mirror to look at, to see ourselves for who we are. Maybe this morning we need to hear Jesus' words and that gentle reminder that it's okay to step aside sometimes. 
It's okay to refocus. It's okay to reset our priorities a little bit so that we can focus on what matters the most right now in this moment. And I pray for those of us who maybe are distracted and worried by many things today, that you would help us to hear the invitation from you. Maybe even the invitation to come away by ourselves to a place of rest and of peace, a place of relationship and fellowship. Help us to have the courage to set aside some of the good things for something that may be better right now for us and what we really need. Help us to see that and to know what that is and to have the courage to make those decisions that we need to make and say no even to the things we may need to say no to so we can set ourselves back on that course that that you have for us right now in this time. Lord, we thank you for the great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. And we thank you that Martha and Mary are both part of that cheering us on. Martha's there encouraging us to be courageous and bold and active and do the work and lead and organize and provide radical hospitality and welcome and love. We thank you that Mary is calling us to step aside sometimes and to really just dig in and to spend time with you, Lord to forsake even the responsibilities we may have so that we can do something even better for that moment that we need to. Lord, we love you, and thank you so much for loving us. God, as we enter into a time of, of communion this morning, I just want to pray a prayer over these communion elements that we're going to receive today. We pray that they would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh and new way that we could experience you in a powerful way, Lord, and be reminded of how much you love us. Be reminded of the grace that you have for us. Be reminded of the freedom that you have given us through what you accomplished through your death and resurrection. And Lord, help us to walk in that freedom with boldness and courage as we continue down that narrow path that you've laid out before us. Meet us here in a special way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to share communion this morning, and if you don't have a communion uh, cup, then you can grab one um, at the back there, the sanctuary, you can go, and the front door of the church, you can grab one there. If you're at home worshiping with us, then whatever food or drink you've set aside for this purpose will do, and Christ can be present to you just as much as those of us here in this room give you a moment just to get it opened up and then we'll take it together. encourage you to take the wafer or whatever food you have at home. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
I invite you to stand as we close our service. If you would like prayer, um, I'd be more than happy to lift you up in prayer. I know Pastor Tanya and we may have a, other prayer team folks in the back could be happy to lift you up if you'd prefer to go back that way. If you really just want to spend a time on the altar on your knees uh, talking with God, then you're welcome to do that. Um, if you'd like me to specifically pray for you, just let me know and I'll be happy to do that. But let's just spend a little bit of time ending our service in worship in connection with Jesus. Maybe you just want to reflect on those questions that we talked about just a few moments ago.
pour it out. For you I pour it out. I pour, I pour it out for you. In praise like oil. For you I pour it out. For you I pour it out. I pour, I pour it out. And you are worthy, 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 Lord. And you are worthy, 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 so. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here today. I hope God spoke to you in some way, and I encourage you to really think on it, reflect on whatever God may be stirring in your heart this morning. Um, and our hope is that we leave here and we live out the things that God does in our heart uh, this morning. And so um, if you would prepare your hearts for the benediction, may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace. We'll see you next time.